what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, are you ready for Small Business Saturday? It's coming up. We want everyone to get out there and uh, visit their small businesses, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And it's our annual Business Lessons from the Movies edition, and we'll be joined by the founders of the Foot Candle Film Society, Alan Jackson and Chris Fry. We'll give you some movie ideas to make it through the holidays with a minimum of conversation with your in-laws. <laughs> Finally, we'll wind up with our Small Business of the Month feature, where we will highlight some businesses that we've come across that you should be checking out. My name is Jeff Newell. I'm your co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is Dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College. Hello, Gary. How are you? How are you doing? How's your November? Jeff, it's been doing great. Uh, congratulations on the Edison Project. It was a big success for all of our local budding entrepreneurs. And, and for all of our listeners out there, the Edison Project or the Edison Competition is a, a business plan competition that uh, both Gary and I work on that uh, culminated this week uh, where uh, we had uh, three winners. And it's also sponsored by Catawba County Chamber of Commerce, who who helps raise funds for it. And uh, the winner, which is a company called Bling Book, uh, won uh, $10,000, which is a nice chunk of change. It's absolutely. And we're also going to be honored today with a past participant and champion. Uh, that's right. One of our guests, Alan, uh, is, oh, right. is, is, a, is yeah. a former participant and, and, and winner as well. Yeah, exactly. I think that's back when they only got like $100. Well, yeah. It wasn't back. <laughs> wasn't in the, the GoGo uh, 2015 edition, though. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it was still a very worthwhile process, though. So thank you. Yeah, you did a fantastic great. job. Good, thank All you. right. Well, our, our guests are with us, Alan Jackson and Chris Fry from the Foot Candles Film Society. How are you guys doing? Uh, how, how, thank you for joining us. Oh, well, wonderful. Glad to be here. Doing great. So uh, Always willing to talk about movies. That's Always. right. That's right. We're just going to take a little nap while you guys are talking other business stuff, and we'll wake up oh, when you get to the movies. No, I'm well, joking. We're excited about We love the business stuff, to too. We love the business stuff, too. Well, so. before we talk about movies, we just wanted to give a little bit of a shout-out to Small Business Saturday because yeah, everyone, you know, we, we, we we're all aware of black. Black Friday and 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 those those goofy videos get published with uh, people smashing each other with televisions insane, and whatnot. Insane insanity out there in the That's stores. That's right. Yeah. So so you know if you we we certainly like that little jolt to the economy. And if if you're out there participating in Black Friday, we wish you luck and and safety. <laughs> Uh, but uh, the day after Black Friday is called Small Business Saturday. And does anyone know when Small Business Saturday began? No, Do I, I don't know. Seems it's maybe I'm going to guess. Let's say 1998. No, actually, it's more recent. Okay, more actually, recent. Actually, okay. It, it's yeah. According to the the exhaustive research I've done, on the internet, you know, on, <laughs> okay. on that internet, and it must be true because I Absolutely. did find this on the internet. Absolutely, it began in uh, 2010. Oh, really? That sponsored and and. Developed by American Express, mm-hmm. okay, and, and uh, they do it to uh, highlight small businesses that are out there, small and local businesses, and encourage folks to go out there. 
Well, and I think that's a worthwhile day. I'm surprised it's only five years old. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah, it'd been around a lot longer, but that's great. I'll look on the other internet. You know, that's right. Check, <laughs> check another internet to see if that works. My internet says it's 2010, <laughs> right. but, you know, your, your internet might be different. Because so, so, there are other sites out there. But, you know, Ameri- you, know you, you, you would think that Hallmark might be behind this well, as well. Right. But, but American Express is the, the group this part started it and I, you know, I guess they're they're hoping for many transactions uh, on Saturday but well you know, spotlighting small businesses is a good thing yeah you know, and and I guess you know we certainly encourage folks to visit small businesses every day not just on small That's business right. Saturday and uh, as you go through the the holiday shopping season uh, don't forget about your local business and your small business so so get out there and and flash those American Express cards and and your other cards and you know, get that economy moving. That's what we're here to do. Can I ask a question about the whole Black Friday and some of the trends? There's been a lot of press about companies kind of fighting against the idea of Black Friday. Yeah. I think there's been a couple in particular saying, hey, listen, we're not going to be open. Hmm. We want you to go and enjoy your families. Don't go shopping on Black Friday. We're not going to be open. We want you to go out and, and spend time uh, during the holiday. I mean, is that... I mean, obviously, that's a good humanitarian kind of way to approach things, but I got to think that's also a little bit of a competitive advantage to say you can sense that there's getting to be this point of some backlash against the whole Black Friday and the insanity around it that I think companies saying we're going to take a stance against it is actually probably a good competitive position to be in uh, going forward, maybe. Well, I think it probably is, and also it's there's not a, really a Black Friday anymore that- True. Well, true. It's the whole week, yeah. Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday, right, yeah. Of course, Cyber Monday. Mm -hmm. So it's not as big a tradition as it used to be. And so everybody's trying to get one up on everybody else. So the fact of saying, hey, we're not going to be open on Thursday probably is a good good move from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, and Friday. And Friday. I think I think REI is one that I've I've heard. They've had a lot of commercials going on about Mm. their – not going to be involved in Black Friday. Yeah, they, so. They've certainly gotten a lot of publicity, and you know, and, and because of the things they sell, they're encouraging folks to get out, get some fresh mm-hmm. air, and uh, hmm. they'll, they'll be there Saturday and <laughs> Sunday and Monday too. So that's right. You know, interesting point. So, but anyway, if you get the chance, visit your local stores, visit your small business, and now we're going. You know, this is the third time that we've done this. Each year, as we get to the holiday season, we like to make our movie suggestions that have some connection to business. We like to think of business lessons from the movies, and sometimes that is a little bit of a reach, but we'll do our best, you know, because uh, we're all for family, friends, partying, but there's going to be some time during the holiday season when you're going to want to, to veg out or, or just have a little time where you don't have to have that conversation, you know, whether it be the in-laws or whomever. <laughs> that uh, So we want to give you some good ideas that you can – uh, go on online and download or DVR or whatever, however you get your, your movies these days. Uh, we're doing that. And we're very pleased to have, as, as we already introduced, uh, Alan Jackson and Chris Fry, who uh, are founders of the Foot Candle Film Society. And they actually host their own podcast on, on films called Foot Candle Films. I that's think. correct. Yep. So, so you know, if you're interested in films, and uh, that's another member of the Mesh Network, you can find them at the, the mesh.tv. So we encourage that. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Well, sure. We're glad us. to be here. And, uh, you know, we do have a podcast where we talk about films and uh, try to keep up to, with latest films and talk about some movie news. But it's great when we have a chance to kind of focus our our energy on just a certain topic or ones that we really want to think about as recommendations. So this is always fun. 
Yeah, we're getting Chris in the mix this year too. Yes, I know. I know. I've been able to join you a couple of years in the past, but Chris has not been able to. So now we got him in the mix, which is great. Some more, some more movies to choose from. Well, you know, Gary and I, uh, we we both like movies as well, and we'll we'll, we'll sort of chime in. But since you're a guest, we're going to let you guys go first and and throw out, and we'll sort of go around and. Uh, we'll each uh, throw out a, some movie ideas, but Alan, uh, why don't you take the first shot at it and sure. tell us what your uh, what uh, one of your movie selections is? Well, since Gary took Wolf of Wall Street last year, <laughs> that's kind of a negative uh, recommendation <laughs> on business and ones not to enjoy with the rest of your family on tow. So just, just be yes. careful which family members uh, join you for that one. <laughs> I, I, will, exactly I just have right. to say something funny with that. So I think the Wolf of Wall Street is on Netflix now, and I saw it in the movie theater and. It's a very rough movie. You know, we yes, talk, we've is, talked yeah. about it before. Uh, I was really tempted one night. My wife and I were sitting down trying to find something to watch. And she's a big Leonardo DiCaprio fan. So I said, well, tell you what, let's start this up. And uh, it was not quite the kid's bedtime yet. The, the film played for 45 seconds before I had to say, okay, the kids are in the next room. We're going to have to shut this down for now. <laughs> and we haven't come back to revisiting it. No, yet. So I it's remember a, what happened it's to a me. Taking my, my wife said that we could go so I could screen it for school which was a good thing that we screened it and it yes. was about 45 seconds and i said do you want to go <laughs> and she yeah. gritted her teeth and then we found out it was a real long movie by oh, the it was way. a very yeah. long movie yes right. so that's nowhere near the, the the area of my recommendations for this year <laughs> um but you did mention steve jobs that is a movie that we chris and i discussed recently that i didn't really care for and i'm a huge steve jobs fan i'm i've not Fans, maybe not the right word. I'm extremely interested in the guy's life, and I've read the biographies. I've watched other documentaries about him. So I'm actually going to recommend a film that is about him that not many people know about. It was really one of the first films to ever come out that had a dramatic interpretation of his life. It's called The Pirates of Silicon Valley. It was made. It was a made-for-TV movie for TNT. Uh, it stars Noah Wiley as Steve Jobs, and it features Anthony Michael Hall as Bill Gates. This is a film about the two of them. It's a very split, even film between the two, talking all about their evolution of their companies and just the competitive nature that they faced uh, as they got into it. For my money, this is the best interpretation of Steve Jobs we've had on film so far. Noah Wiley plays him really good, and Anthony Michael Hall does a good job with Bill Gates. The film is played a little bit more for comedy than it is for drama. So they do have a little over-exaggeration about some of the idiosyncrasies of the two of them and their characters. But really, we're talking about what I think is fascinating, the fact that you know Apple, you learn about this whole idea of that they kind of ripped off Xerox, the whole user interface for doing a graphical interface on computer. This film actually talks about that and talks about some of the uh, intrigue that was going on at the time. Steve Jobs is presented as a real visionary, but also as a kind of a slave driver, someone who doesn't want to accept responsibility for his illegitimate daughter. Gates is also not really portrayed exactly flattering either. He's kind of a little bit of a sociopath. But people who have seen this movie, even people in the industry, say this is probably the closest we've got to how that industry really worked at the time. It's Apple trying to grow. It's Microsoft growing in a different way. Um, the competitive side of Microsoft licensing their windows out to every computer that will take it where Apple was very inclusive and we're just going to do it this path and how it really kind of changed their trajectories, both directions. Um, the film ends with something that as an Apple fan, you, you grin, you, you grit your teeth when you see, because it was the moment when Steve jobs had returned back to Apple back in the late nineties, but Microsoft actually gave some investment money to Apple to basically help keep them afloat for a while. 
and the film ends with that moment. So it's a little bit of a, if you're an Apple fan, you're watching and you're just like, Ugh, mm-hmm. you know, you're just a little upset. But of course, this all happened before the huge explosion Apple's had in the last 10 years. Right. To me, it's just a really interesting film. And I think the most informative about the business climate going on in the world of early days of personal computing between these two giants. So it's a tough one to find, though. I'll tell you, you're not going to find it online it to our students. What's that? Can we show it? To yeah, yeah, it's students? a TV movie. It's a very, it's a very appropriate for anybody. Families could watch it. Honestly, it's it's a. It was made for TNT cable channel when it came out back in 1999. The only problem is the only place you can get it is on DVD through Amazon, like ordering it. So it's not something you could just decide one morning you want to watch. Uh, you have to kind of plan ahead to get the DVD. But I just think with all the Steve Jobs films that have been out and all the discussion, I'm saying this is the one. If you really want to learn the business side of what was going on. This is, this is the one to watch. That's great. Pirates of Silicon Valley. I was going to use Steve Jobs. Cause just came, wh- okay. With that, what did you think of the movie that just came out? Um, any, I, I told Chris I was so torn on this film because I think it's a well-made film, and it's very interesting the way they made it, but I just felt like I came away actually knowing less about him than I expected to, and I just don't think the whole format of – we're going to do this in three time periods before three keynotes and all the conversations leading up to it. The format just didn't work for me at the end of the day. I just felt like it was very, I don't don't know. It's almost like they glossed over all the important parts and we hear them talk about what has just happened, but we don't actually, there's nothing that actually takes place. It's almost like everything's being talked about in retrospect and you have to really know what happened in those in-between periods to really, I think, fully appreciate the That's story. That's a really good point. If you didn't know, if you didn't know the story, on, it would really be I think somebody could difficult. be completely lost yes. and just have no bearing for anything in it. I think, so. uh, reflecting on it a little bit, uh, there was one of Alan's favorite movies, not to get off track because it's still talking about big business people here, but uh, Citizen Kane, not one of my favorite movies, one of Alan's favorites, but talks about William Randolph Hearst. But the movie does not address the fact that it's talking about William Randolph Hearst. But people kind of knew that. Mm-hmm. And you see, you learn, you know, the movie was a good movie. People really liked it. If this movie had been called Dave Hodges or something like that, <laughs> and it was, you know, had all these things in it, I think people would have been like, oh, you know, that's kind of a reflection a little bit of Steve Jobs. And isn't that interesting how they did this, this, and that? And it would have been fine. But I think the fact that it, I mean, the movie is called Steve Jobs. And I think... I think that hurt it a little bit because it wasn't enough. It didn't tell you enough about Steve Jobs. I think people were satisfied if you hadn't yeah. already read books and stuff. It, it so. created some expectations that were not fulfilled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, did I take your pick, though, by, by ripping apart the movie there? I mean, did I do that? <laughs> it was going to be the one I wanted to talk about because I okay. wanted to see okay. compare that one to the one that because we talked about Ashton Kutcher. Right. Yeah. I, it was a better made film than the Ashton right. Kutcher film. And it's an interesting film to watch for sure, yes. I think. But um, I still didn't, just didn't think it got Steve Jobs right. And that's why, I, that's why I was thinking about this podcast. I'm like, you know, Pirates of Silicon Valley, that was like the closest I've seen that was like, that was Steve Jobs. And that had really the historical information behind it that I was looking for. So I can, I can almost see Noah Wiley as a Steve Jobs more than I can see Anthony Michael Hall as a Bill Gates. I have, <laughs> I have, I have a harder time making that leap. He pulls it off. It he pulls it off in the film. It's been several years since I've seen it last. Okay, but my I, idea of Anthony Michael Hall probably comes from 16 Candles yeah. or something yes. like that. Yeah. So He's grown up a little bit since then. So. grow a beard now or <laughs> yeah. something. I don't know. Right. So. He, um, it's, it's a decent movie. I mean, it's a TV movie, so it's not the highest production quality and everything else. But I think if you're interested in that period of the computer revolution, it's, it's a great film. All right. Chris. What, uh, what recommendation do you have for us? So I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. This is 
and you may hear it at first and you're going to think, what? But go with me a little bit. This was the 1993 movie that Tim Burton made called The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Okay, so, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a holiday theme here. But for those of you who aren't familiar with this film, it's, you know, a little old. It's 1993, so hopefully you've heard of it. But Jack Skellington is the king of Halloween Town. He discovers Christmas Town and tries to get involved with that and tries to do that and doesn't quite understand the concept. So my link to business is this. Jack Skellington is an awesome king of Halloween Town, does it really well, has people always telling him, oh, you're doing such an awesome job, and he enjoys it. But he sees something that he thinks interesting and gets in way over his head and doesn't listen to people around him that say, you know, why you were really good at this. You're really successful at this. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't have done this. And I won't spoil the movie for those who haven't seen it. But kind of the business thing to take away is if you are really good at something and you enjoy it and you have people surrounding you that are telling you, hey, you're really good at this. You should really stick with this. Not that you can't explore other things. But if you're good at something and you're really successful at it, maybe you should stick with that. <laughs> so it's, it's a really fun movie. The kids really like it. Um, and also at the time that it came out, there had been other stop animation movies. Um, obviously back in like the 70s, they did Christmas specials on TV. But this was really innovative in the way that they took little clay figures and animated them and then used a little bit of digital technology to kind of clean things up. Um, but it was really cool to look at and i think it holds up still really well today can we fool our families into thinking it's a christmas movie at the same time (laughs) well my kids i did take them to that my oldest Mm -hmm. okay and gee you must be old (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm very old and now they're old which really makes me feel bad and they were a little disappointed because of the they were thinking it was going to be a Christmas. Yeah. And it is Christmas. But and it is. It's a part it's, Christmas, part Halloween. Yeah. It's just a, well, interesting. Tim Burton, Tim Burton dark dude, right? Right, right. exactly. Yeah. And, and that's it, the thing I love about this movie is as Halloween gets closer, my kids will be like, hey, can we watch it? And I'm like, yeah, we usually watch it on Halloween night or not long after. That's Sometimes around Thanksgiving. That makes sense, yeah. Because it's per, it spans the it, holidays. Right. Kind of exactly. Bit, Halloween's one of my favorite holidays, but I also really like Christmas. So it's kind of a good, good mashup. And it's... It is not for everyone, but if it hits your sweet spot, it is an awesome movie. I think so. from a movie standpoint, it was really clever. Yeah. They were just they had an expectation. <laughs> well, you know, I like um, there's going to be a lot of green and a lot of red. And <laughs> right. right. Well, I love it's the not. idea of uh, you're right, Jack Skellington as a leader because right, yeah, in Halloween Town, yeah, he had some very strong leadership qualities, and yeah, that's a good point with that. And you so. could also say, following off that little idea there. Everybody had put all their stock in Jack Skellington, and they just, you know, he is very much a leader, but they had no idea what to do if he wasn't there leading them. Mm. They fell apart. (laughs) So, you know, there's always have a succession plan, always have a backup plan. Don't put all your stock in one person because when he decided to run off to Christmas Town, there it went. So, Mm. yeah, that's a good point. Good point. All right. What was the name of that one? I'm writing this down. That was uh, Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween, and you're okay with Christmas, too, in terms of holidays, correct? Got that? All right. Got all those notes. All right. Gary. Well, I was, of course, thinking about some of the different business um, movies or movies that had a business theme. Then I decided to come back and think of some Christmas and see how they really tie into uh, the business theme. And I think we've talked about this on and off the air uh, and I had two that were stuck in my mind. Miracle on 34th Street, we may have talked about that even in passing. But for everybody, that, of course, that's where we prove that there is a Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. But there's a big 
uh, message that goes through mm-hmm. that uh, with Macy's because mm-hmm. they had folks inside the organization that wanted to uh, take Santa away. Um, but Mr. Macy was smart enough to uh, play the uh, the right role of keeping Santa and had had that slight edge. He had to walk because people didn't want to. He didn't want to offend children and families. Sure. Uh, but he wanted to make sure he was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, this was the right Santa Claus. It was Santa. It Claus. was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been it's a problem. the real deal. It was That's the right. real Santa. Yeah. Claus. Right. <laughs> and of course, you know, part of the theme in there, you know, one of the things that they got worried about at first. As he was telling, he being Santa, hey, we have a better deal over at Wanamaker's hmm. instead of Macy's. And, of course, that was you know, blasphemy. We don't want to do that and send people to another store until he found out that it was really working. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it, isn't that an interesting lesson on customer service? That, yes. That, you know, if I you mean, ever run into someone who says, look, yeah, you might get a better deal over here, yeah, you, that sort of builds a lot of trust and confidence that you're, you, maybe you'll go get that better deal, but I bet you'll come back to that first store for, for a lot of other things. Yeah, when I'm watching it with the kids and I talk about the business ideas, it kind of is a buzzkill for them. They just want to worry about Santa Claus. But uh, no, that's exactly right. It was a good uh, message for customer service, how well, now, it can work out. Now, there, there, I mean, I think there are at least two versions of Miracle yes. on 34th Street. I don't know. You know we'll, we'll throw it to our movie guys to say, you know, we, we go classic version? Or you always go, go, you always go classic. Yeah, you got to go classic. classic. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, because, you know, my kids, you know, they see black and white. Sometimes they're, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're gone. I know. Well, let your kids grow up a little bit. They'll come back to appreciate it. So, yeah. <laughs> Expose them to it young, and, and they'll come back eventually. I'll let so. you know when that happens. All right, sure. <laughs> so. Maybe when they're 40, yeah, 45. <laughs> I'll try with the Grand Creek kids at some point. Oh, the Miracle on 34th Street is great. I, it's been a really long time since I've seen it, but I do remember some interesting messages. And, of course, it's always fascinating, too, that they're using Macy's. I mean, a, yes. a real store right. and yep. kind of the association Macy's had now with that film for all these years yep. because of that. So it was just – it was always interesting when you use a real company it is. That's in, a, in a film. It and can it kind of, go a lot of different yeah, directions. It could be a bad stigma to it or it could actually attach a very positive one like it does with exactly. this film. So, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm, I'm I feel like I'm cheating a little bit with mine because because I've mentioned it on our podcast before, but not during our movie special, because I know some people just turn in for that. Yes. But uh, one of the movies that that we had a chance to see this year, thanks to the Foot Candle Film Society, was a documentary called Print the Legend, uh-huh, yeah. which uh, is available on Netflix, I believe. Mm hmm. And it's really about entrepreneurship. It's about 3D printers and the process of bringing them to market. And it follows two companies. Uh, one is called MakerBot. And, and actually, I don't even remember the name of the other one. But there are, a lot, there are lots of interviews with the, the founders of them and how they're going through the process of bringing 3D printers to market and how uh, they're, they're doing crowdfunding. They're uh, struggling to produce what they say they're going to produce. Uh, they're looking for funding, and it's just a very interesting behind-the-scenes type look at, at uh, how businesses get started. Uh, you know, it's sometimes like uh, making the sausage. You know, you really it's really tasty once you get it, but sometimes you really don't want to know how how you get there. <laughs> and watching some of the behind-the-scenes there was just it's just very enlightening. Uh, people change as they go through this movie, and that they they come into it with the grand illusions, and and sometimes they're sucked down different roads, and uh, relationships get damaged, uh, and you know, and it's it's just very interesting uh, 
uh, movie and, and just if you're interested in 3D printers, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, if you're interested in private equity, good movie for you to check out. So I, I agree. I was really surprised how much I enjoyed the film after seeing it. Yeah, and you're right. You're, you're interested in the technology. That's great. But even if you don't know anything about the technology, just seeing how these companies are operating and the kind of decisions they're having to make and the kind of challenges they're facing in a new industry that's starting up uh, was really just really interesting. Um, and, of course, you know, again, won't spoil anything, but seeing some of the primary characters that we're following – having kind of by the end of the film in a whole different spot. Now it's maybe a spot you wouldn't expect them to be in, but mm-hmm. there again, that's just the nature of business. You sometimes go where the money is and sometimes go where the attention is going to be. Um, so it was a, it was a really interesting documentary. You talk about a documentary crew that was in the right place at the right time for them to say, Hey, pretty printing. That sounds interesting. Let's just <laughs> kind of follow these people. And to me, it was like, what if a documentary team had been following the aforementioned Steve jobs or Bill Gates, as they were trying to start up their empires and they happen to be with some individuals that are probably going to end up being pretty important. Mm-hmm. And they were able to kind of document things. And just like you've mentioned, decisions they were making. And it fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. And like you said, Alan, even if you don't care anything about 3D printing, just the business side of it and just the people aspect of it is really fascinating. So even though it's a documentary, it moves very quickly. You're not going to you're not going to really feel like it's a documentary at least i didn't feel that way so i mean yeah. it was it was a good movie and there was sort of like a little subplot with the a fellow that was using 3d printers to make to make guns and that threw a whole mm-hmm. different twist into it of of you know what can 3d printers be used for what should they be used for or should there be some restrictions so it's just a lot of a lot of interesting questions and, and thoughts that come out of it absolutely that's a good pick yeah Local authors, illustrators, and storytellers come together to create Storytime Station at The Mesh. Storytime Station is a video podcast that works as a virtual storybook. Each show features a new children's book and new reader. So gather the whole family to listen, learn, and laugh at Storytime Station on TheMesh.tv. All right, Alan. All right. Well, let me let me do my my second one here, which um, let me take you back a little bit. The year's nineteen eighty six. Okay, good year. You know, <laughs> the United States was climbing out of its worst post war recession. Recession. Uh, Japan was just going crazy. Industrial boom at that time. Manufacturing industries are still a really big part of the economy. Factory workers are just they're still the average good Americans. However, we're starting to feel a little bit by mid eighties, late eighties. You start hearing words like downsizing. You're starting to see companies maybe trying to get more competitive, especially on a, on a global market. So Ron Howard gives us a film called Gung Ho, <laughs> which I absolutely love this movie. And it's corny and cheesy, but man, is it – if you really think about what it's trying to say about the different work ethic between different cultures, it's really pretty – kind of a fascinating movie. Basically, you got the idea of you've got a Hunt Stevenson played by Michael Keaton. He is, he is America. He is the brash, confident guy. That's just, you know, hey, this is how we do it in America, and we're going to get this stuff done, and we're going to go, and we're going to sell our ideas and get people pumped up about it. And then you've got, over in Japan, you've got uh, Geo Watanabe uh, playing someone who is sent over to America. Basically, they are buying American company, and they're going to work on consolidating everything together. And it's the culture clash, obviously. It's a Japanese work ethic, and they're, the way they, they look at business is very different at that time from how America is, is being personified in film. 
And uh, it really just talks about the conflict between the two cultures. Um, but of course, in the end, the goal is how do we blend the best of these cultures together to make something work? And of course, it's a comedy. It's kind of a ridiculous premise by the end that they've got to make so many cars by midnight and have them pushing off the assembly line. And everybody's working together, the Japanese and American workers all at the same time. But things like, you know, when you see the Japanese workers out there doing their calisthenics and exercises and before their shift every morning. And of course, the American workers are like, what is this? You know, <laughs> but then you've got the American workers where they're able to really get people emotional and passionate and give the rah-rah speeches, which the Japanese culture didn't really have. The blending together was actually pretty well done at the end. Where of course, they're, they're appreciating each other's culture and sides of the uh, of the uh, of work ethic. Yeah, I think if you really look back on it, it's kind of it's got some good messages behind it. Mm -hmm. But it definitely was a sign of the times at that point yes, where exactly a lot of right. concern about manufacturing being shipped overseas, downsizing, more automation. All those things are kind of crept in the movie, but they kept it pretty light and pretty simple to, to enjoy as well. So I always thought it was a fun movie. Hmm. Well, and it was somewhat of a precursor to things going on in Detroit and Michigan yes. and, and things getting shut down. And, and it does give you a pretty decent sense of – what that what that looked like I, I i recall that movie and and um you know michael keaton you know was very good in it probably yeah. in, when he was in his heyday of mr mom and, and lots of other fun things and um you know it was I, that's that's on my short list yeah good I, there's some good funny moments too of just the japanese family getting getting americanized you know over time and how frustrating that is to the the father to see his kids just adopting some of these same yeah. uh, mannerisms and fascinations with American culture. So that's kind of funny to watch from a very high, high level comedy thing. And then of course, uh, Michael Keaton trying to understand the Japanese culture and trying to take on some of those rituals as well. It was just, it was a, it was a fun movie, fun light movie, but it had some deeper messages behind it. So, you know, and, and just as an aside, I think it, maybe it also talks a little too, where the power of the unions have gone or lack of unions and that Michael Keaton sort of like one of the head guys oh, yeah. in, in the, the auto union and he's having negotiations, which not everyone is aware of. And, um, Oh yeah. You know, a lot about the unionization. You're right. That was a big subplot of, you know, them wanting him to represent them as the union representative, but yet he's also having some other dealings with the Japanese group on making sure he's actually preserving the jobs in the company too. So it's, it was really interesting. Yeah. I think it's just, just a fun movie anyway, too. So, All right. Chris. So, Gary, I've, I've heard some of the podcasts where you talk about one of your major loves is food. Yes. So the movie I'm about to recommend, if you haven't seen it, you're probably going to want to watch it. Um, and it also has some little bit business sense in there. It was from 2014. It's Chef. And it has uh, John Favreau, who people may know he was uh, – had a lot to do with the Iron Man movies. He actually plays a butler in there at some points, but he's also been a director and he wrote and directed this film. And basically in it, he plays a chef who loses his restaurant job because he wasn't actually doing exactly what the owner wanted him to do. So he goes off on his own and starts up a food truck business, making the kind of food. Basically it's, Oh, how would you, what kind of food would you say? It's a Cuban food. Cuban food. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and he's making, you know, and he goes around, drives the truck around to different locations and also tries to bring in some of their favorite dishes in that area. If you like food, <laughs> this movie will make you hungry because yes. he, he makes a grilled cheese at one point that is amazing. And you just want to like reach through the screen and get that grilled cheese. But the business side of the film is 
he has something that he really, really loves doing and somebody, you know, he's not able to do it in this one job and he goes out and he's like, okay, I'm going to take my idea. I'm just going to buy a food truck. I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to do what I want to do. And he follows his, his idea, his dream, and it ends up being very successful. Um, so, you know, you could say it's a little trite at the end, kind of a Hollywood type ending, but I think it has a lot of good messages about find something you want to do. You believe in yourself and you, and you know, follow it. And he does. And, uh, it's a, it's a good, it's a good movie. Um, good kind of family film, but not for the children, a no. family film for the older adults, I guess it's just, just it's a lot of language, whole yeah. family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause there's some language in there, but, um, it's a good movie to watch over the holidays. So I highly recommend it. Chef. And I know that you like chef. food. So yes. and I will actually bring us back to food in a few minutes. <laughs> oh, good. Well, my small business. well, it's good. It's, uh, it's about lunchtime. So it works out about right. <laughs> now chef is really good. And I think, uh, even I thought was really fun to watch is, I mean, here's a guy who had this reputation and this really good cushy job and just, you know, high attention. He walked away from it out of principles, but it didn't play it off. Like he's just like some arrogant guy who's just going to go out and do his thing. He was nervous and worried and just had no idea what he was going to do. And so he knew he had to kind of take a little bit of a leap of faith on some things and you get to see the anxiety. You get to see some of the issues they ran into trying to actually make it work as a new business. And, um, yeah, it was, that's a good that's a good business choice for sure. Yeah. Now, now I, I, two thoughts. You know, number one, I've not worked with any startup businesses that are doing food trucks, but I know that many of my colleagues in the North Carolina Small Business Center network have and mm-hmm. are, and I guess they're probably a little bit more urban than than some mm-hmm. of our small business centers. But that seems to be a very a very hot thing. So that's yes. you know, that's that sounds interesting to me. And that yes, I might learn a few things just watching that movie about the, the food truck business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's something that is coming. Yeah, no yeah. pun intended. If we're running down the road, but I mean that's something you've been hearing at different conferences. That, well, in some place I think it's already there. You know? Yeah, and, 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 and people are talking about, hey, we need to have more courses in it and helping people. Well, I think you look at side. it. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of um, people in the business world. I mean, our our lunch times are getting shorter and shorter yeah. by our own choice. A lot of times, you know. Uh, or not feeling the need to want to get in the car and drive off everywhere to go to go eat. So the food trucks kind of show up where you are as opposed to you having to go find them. And that's kind of the goal with that is is trying to provide that convenience to people. And I think food is that one place, even though personally I love going to a restaurant and sitting down and kind of having a place to get away. Yep. I think there's something to be said for this whole idea of bringing the food to where you are and still right. having that custom food experience and not some sort of takeout drive through thing. So, yeah. Well, it also makes me think, and I'm, I'll, I'll throw this out to you guys, and maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. There was a movie that came out recently with Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. I was thinking she was talking, Burnt. I was trying to remember the name. But I Burnt. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I've not seen it. Any yeah. any thoughts on we that? We haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either, but I'm I'm really interested to check it out because I do like Bradley Cooper. But, yeah, it's kind of a similar idea where mm-hmm. um, I believe the synopsis is he has a restaurant and he loses it through some bad personal he's, decisions. He, he seems a little more <laughs> petulant than uh, perhaps mm-hmm. the fellow in chef. Right, and he has to kind of come back and try to rebuild. Um, so, yeah, I think also if you're interested in food but also business as well, that would be one to check and out. And also that film was originally titled Chef, but they had to change the oh, name because, right? of, yeah, the, because of the favorite film. Because mm-hmm. it does – have a business message just like you're talking about. Yeah. He didn't sure. do well and he brings it back. And then my wife likes Brad Cooper. Well, if the reviews are if the reviews are any any indication, Burnt did not do too well box office or reviews. While Chef 
got almost universal positive reviews and we saw it and screened it for foot candle we and did. the crowd really enjoyed it. So yeah. it was a good film. So there we've not seen burnt, but if you're, <laughs> if you like Bradley Cooper, you right. might like, and you like food. And I you mean, like you food. know, so, you can't go too wrong, I guess. So, yeah, so, we're yeah. not, we're not recommending it, but we are making <laughs> you aware of it. So it's out there. Well, fellas, we appreciate it. You, you, if you have any other movie things that you want, think people should look at, you feel free to throw them out at this point. Now, did you have a, you had a food one though too, Jeff? You, or, or, well, Gary, that's going to be my small business. Oh, small I'm business. Thinking I'm sorry. of the Christmas movies. Okay, I, good. I, I gravitated to Santa Claus, which oh, we'll good, good, good. I'm sorry, I thought it was another. Okay. Street. It's Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. Again, another black and white. I've heard of that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a great ending, of course. But, well, um, he gets himself in trouble as a banker. Oh yeah, it's definitely got a lot, a lot of business implications to it. So, yeah. well, you know, movies like that one, it, it's a wonderful life to me. To me, always helped me understand the whole banking concept and that. Oh, all, all my money is not in your savings yeah. and loan or right. your exactly. bank or what, what if I want all my money out? And and uh, uh, you know, so that's that helped me from a from a uh, learning about the banking. So the other one that helped me, and I don't think I spoke about this last time, is in terms of of the stock market and how it work works was trading places oh, yes. Eddie Murphy yeah. and Dan Aykroyd oh, yeah. when they were trading in orange juice orange futures juice. and how they were uh, doing puts and calls and things at the end, which they don't really go into in great detail there, you know, but, but the action on, on the, the exchange floor, which probably doesn't exist any longer in terms of it's probably done mm-hmm. all through uh, electronics and whatnot, but you know, and you know, in, uh, there is a little bit of holiday things in there, and then Aykroyd is, is probably the, the prototypical bad Santa. It's like I think he puts on a dirty Santa suit, steals a salmon, and starts shooting up uh, an office at some point in time. So, yeah, there's a, there's a reach there for a holiday movie, you know, mm-hmm. but I can recommend it. It's, a, it's back in, in, in the day when Eddie Murphy was king of the hill and, oh, yes. and, and going through some, some pretty great movies. We miss you, Eddie Murphy. Where, <laughs> where are you, Eddie Murphy? <laughs> He's out there somewhere. He is somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, well, fellas, we very much appreciate you sharing your, your movie thoughts. Absolutely. Just to, to sum up, I've got uh, The Pirates of Silicon Valley, Gung Ho from Alan, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Chef from Chris. Gary is going traditional this year with Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life for Good Measure. Uh, uh, Print the Legend is my recommendation and Trading Places if you need a little sophomoric uh, fun uh, on the side there as well. So those are our movie recommendations for this year. But now let's talk about our Small Business of the Month recommendations. Uh, Alan, do you have anything you want to talk up uh, today? Uh, I'm between two, so I'm going to defer for a moment and just uh, put my final thoughts together. So move on somebody else here. I'll I'll take a stab. Um, I admire music a lot unfortunately i'm not that talented of a musician myself that being said i have some friends that are in that play out in clubs and stuff all the time and they recently purchased something that i thought was amazing there again i'm not a musician but what it was was an amplifier and specifically it was an amplifier made by this guy it's just him and what he does, and I'll, I realize this is a podcast, so you can't see it, but I'll give you the website so that you then can. But he takes old suitcases or old radios or sometimes old TVs, That's and really he turns cool. them into amplifiers. So he'll, you know, basically you'll you know, buy something at like a flea market, and then he breaks it all apart, puts the new parts in it, 
you know, stains it, puts it all back together and then sells it. His idea is too, he wants other musicians because he's a musician himself to be able to have really cool amps, but not have to pay like a ridiculous amount of money. So yeah, they still cost some, but he tries to keep it reasonable and he does all the work himself. Um, it's pretty much custom. If you find something, you can kind of send him something and he'll build an amp out of it. So it's a really cool idea. Um, his tagline is cool tube amps in cool old stuff. <laughs> That's kind of what it does. And they're tube amps too, which, you know, musicians are kind of preference those over other newer amps that don't use tubes in it because they say it sounds better and all this kind of stuff. Um, but anyways, the website is pretty simple, ballamps.com. And you can go there and uh, see pictures of his amps and see work that he's done. But it's kind of a really cool thing. And it's a one-guy deal. He does it all himself. Very so, creative. So that, that's my pick. That's a good one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Alan, Gary? Uh, Gary, why don't you go first here? Okay. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm still <laughs> trying to make sure I can perfectly phrase up the one I've got. So, Well, my small business of the month is back closer to my sweet spot. Ah, food, to your stomach. Going back to the Actually, stomach. sweet food for that matter. Okay. It's Nick and Elise Olsak who spent many years uh, on Wall Street uh, in a fast uh, track business. Uh, and Nick one night, in a dream, started thinking about mini stuffed bagel balls. Okay. And I've had those dreams. You had those <laughs> dreams. And the very next day, his first batch was uh, baked they had several hundred uh, batches that they made. They turned their apartment into a kitchen. His uh, name's started. not his name's not Dan Schwetty, is it? <laughs> no, it's not Dan Schwetty. Right. Uh, yes, nice. <laughs> but they moved forward from their kitchen apartment, uh, and the, and this is in New York City where okay. bagels are really good and it's very competitive. They. Uh, in their first year, were named one of the top three bagels in New York City, even though they were bagel balls. Huh? Um, their demand has grown well outside of uh, New York City. And actually, they've got the world's most influential stamper, Oprah, huh? who included Bantam bagels as part of her list of favorite things in 2014. And they're shipped nationwide now through the website. And then most <laughs> recently, we're on Shark Tank, where Lori became... Uh, Investor in their business. Oh, very good. So I'm thinking I should have ordered some so we could have had them here. Oh, yes, you should have. <laughs> oh, that would have been nice. I think if you're going to bring up more food businesses here, you're going to have to bring have in to start samples. Bringing yeah. samples yeah. Our, I think I'm really hungry right now, so thanks to everybody involved for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm good. I'm good now. I just right, I want to make sure I have my information together. All right, Go ahead. You know, my thing is... <laughs> I, I'm not a big shopper, so I don't. There's not a lot of stores or, or goods that I buy. You know, physical goods. I'm a much more online, digital guy on things. So it's a little harder for me to kind of identify truly a good small business because when you're online, you could look as big as you want to look, and mm-hmm. I have no idea. But I do know for a fact this is a pretty small upfront startup. And uh, Chris and I could both attest to it because it's one we actually both use. Um, I don't know their revenue model quite yet. I know there is a revenue model for them, and I'm not quite sure how they're doing financially. It's not public information. But Chris and I use the website Letterboxd quite Mm. a bit. It's Letterboxd without the last E. So it's L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D.com. And it's a service that's set up. It's really been running for a couple years now. And it sounds pretty simple on the out front. What you do is you go in and you can log any movie that you see. You can rate it. You can write a review about it. You can comment on it. But what you're also doing is you're networking with other friends or following people that you trust so that you're seeing kind of like in a Facebook stream, you're seeing the films that they're seeing, their notes on it, 
and you can pick and choose and say, okay, of all my friends on this service, how many people have seen this movie and what's the average rating they're giving it? So it's a little bit of this idea of instead of going to multiple critics to read reviews and see about films, you've kind of got your maybe 10, 20, 30 people that you're following on the service that you trust. Like, for example, I see whatever Chris watches. Chris posts on there that he sees a film. If he rates it, he writes a little review about it. He gives it a star rating. So if I'm looking for a film to see over the weekend and I see that Chris saw one and he gave it four stars and said it was great, I'm like, oh, good. That's something I ought to go check out. Mm-hmm. And then I can go and comment on his review and say, hey, yeah, I just saw it too and everything's great. You can put together a list of films that you want to see, mm-hmm. like kind of your wish list. You can put together your favorite sports films list and share that list with all your friends. It's a social media network for film, film lovers is what it is. And again, I know it's a small business because I know there's a very small team of people involved in building it. They do have a pro-level version where you could pay for to have higher-level capabilities and things you can do like exporting your list and importing movies in and all. But otherwise, if you just use it on the surface, it is a free service. And they've got ads. that I'm sure they're ad-supported through a lot of their site as well. Um, so I definitely do recommend if you're interested in films and this being our film uh, holiday spectacular you know it's a good service to check out it really is for those people who really are watching a lot of movies mm-hmm. but if you really want to know who your friends or maybe some certain critics you like to follow or public celebrities that you want to follow what films they're watching and how they feel about it it's a good little service and i think it's a really well done site it's just very very professionally made again i don't know the size of the team i don't know what their future revenue plans are but um, it's been around for a couple of years, and I think I think it's an aw- awesome service. I visit it at least once a day. So, so you can find them at uh, www.letterboxedwithoutthelaste.com. That's correct. All right. Yep, that's, that's it. That's good. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. So you're not just a supporter. You're a customer. I am a customer. I have paid for the pro level as well. I mean, I'm, you know, I've given them money, and I don't do that with too many social media services on there. Mm-hmm. So that's saying something. Yes. I'll add one little other thing, too. If you search a movie in Letterboxd, a lot of times it will come up with a little description of the movie, but then it will tell you access ways to get it. It will tell oh, you true. if it's on Amazon or on iTunes. So that kind of, if there's a film that's kind of hard to find, it'll kind of, you know, point you down the right path. So it's a cool, cool thing to check out. It is kind of my go-to movie service right now for, for checking out films I want to, I want to watch. All right. Well, let me finish up. Uh, my small business of the month isn't actually that small, but, but, uh, I found it to be interesting. I was at a conference in Wilmington earlier this month and heard a presentation from, uh, a company called Live Oak Bank which is was started in Wilmington in 2008 which had a very has a very interesting model they've actually I think they're in the process of going public but uh, they only loan to small businesses and they actually uh, have a model where they identify very specific industries that they want to participate in and uh, and they've done the research to determine these particular industries are uh, not as risky or very unlikely to have issues in repaying. They uh, develop a staff of people who are experts in those industries to support their customers in those industries as they go through the process and uh, provide ongoing support to them. Uh, And of interest to me, they told us which industries they participate in, which if you're listening out there and thinking about, you know, what's what's a good business to get into, as far as the banking people, uh, uh, they think that Insurance, hotels, veterinary practices, self-storage units, wine and craft beverages, agriculture businesses, family entertainment centers, uh, dental and healthcare, 
funeral homes and pharmacy, those are the industries that they participate in. Uh, so you, know, if you come with a different business, they're probably going to say, no, thanks. It's not for us. Uh, so they focus very just pretty much on cash flow in those industries, uh, experience in those industries. They do work with startup companies in those industries. Uh, they're, they're based in Wilmington, but they loan across the country. You can find them, find them at www.liveoakbank.com. And... Uh, uh, interesting company, and and also talked about how they attract people to work for them. They give, uh, they they uh, pay higher than industry averages. They've got some pretty extraordinary benefits from uh, uh, being a pet friendly business to having uh, on site uh, an on site gym and cafeteria, which uh, gets rave reviews. So they're doing some pretty interesting things. So uh, I wanted to That's give neat. a shout out to them today. Good, and, and uh, that was mine, but I. I also want to give out a, a, a say hello to one of our listeners. I did get an email from one of our listeners, uh, Peter Weiss, who lives in New York City, who sent me a nice note about uh, uh, enjoying our podcast. So we appreciate uh, your feedback. And if you want to reach us, you can uh, contact us at eexchange at themesh.tv. And if you have a suggestion for a small business in the month, uh, please, uh, please send it to us because uh, – uh, we appreciate your feedback, and we'd like to give out some of our Christmas holiday Christmas. prize packs. It's a wonderful prize pack. You know, maybe we could make a movie pack. We could take all the DVDs that we're not watching and stick them in our prize pack. <laughs> there, there you go. go. There you a go. holiday Christmas prize pack. It's five copies, unrated copies of The Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. ready to come for your holiday, ready to come for your holiday celebration. <laughs> Just that will really change the holidays for your family, one way or another. You guys be, may not all look at each other the same way anymore. Must be eighteen or older to enter. So anyway, we want to thank uh, Chris Fry, Alan Jackson, with the Foot Candle Film Society, and where can we find our Foot Candles podcast? You, it's also on the mesh, and mm-hmm. you can also find it on iTunes. Just search for uh, Foot Candle Films. But, yeah, visit us, and uh, if you if you love the the pleasant sound of our voices, and you want to hear this for uh, another hour or two a month, then you definitely want to check out our show on that. And we'll talk about a lot of movie stuff. Very melodic. Well, we appreciate you guys being with us. Thanks for having us here. We appreciate the the mesh, and and you can go to the mesh TV and see the whole stable of podcasts. So check that out, and uh, we will be back. Uh, Right now, right before Thanksgiving, we wish everyone a good Thanksgiving. Happy shopping, and we'll be back next month. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.